Bill, do you remember that song? No. Do you even know the title? Um. Do you know the band? Voodoo Symphony. Yeah, it was Voodoo yeah, Symphony. I don't, I, uh, what is that? You've got to know the title of that song. Just I'll give be me a minute. Let me, let me guess. you got to sing that through your head before you I'm, get to I'm, the I'm title. I'm to the, That's yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to sing through at least through the first first yeah. verse. Your song or not, you got to sing that. Oh, you got to sing that in your head. Tied to the tracks. Tied to the okay. tracks. Okay. Tied to yeah. the tracks. Jeez. Tied to the tracks, Voodoo Symphony. What year? Probably nine, 99. I'm gonna like say that. nine. I'm gonna say two thousand. Think well, so, two thousand. What was the yeah. name of the album? Quickie. Quickie. I do remember that. Why Quickie? Because it was just an EP back then. Okay. See, n- nowadays EPs are the way to go. Nobody really releases an album until really you get, I don't know, the money to get an album or somebody pays for it. Most bands, mm-hmm. most people, the way to go to if you're gonna. Submit to labels and any, and it's always EPs, body EPs. That's a good tune. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Toy, toy, welcome back to uh, episode five. Thanks. Good to be here. I had a good time last week. Yeah, we come back. We had so much fun. We went over our time limits. We had to cut it short and bring you back. And we're going to try a little bit something different tonight. Yeah, like discussing what is this time limit thing? When when do we have it? We got a time limit? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> definite time limit. Yeah, we don't. You got to kick us out of your house at some point. Is what you're telling us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did you guys see what you're drinking? Oh, I already know. <laughs> this this is my jam here. <laughs> Tonight's sipping bourbon is Big House. Big House has quite a history too. So we've had a conversation on the, educate us on uh, if Big House is a true bourbon or not. Will. Okay, so a lot of people will say that it's not bourbon unless it was born and bred in Kentucky, correct? Okay. I'm one of those people. Are you one of those people? No, you know, I'm not a purist when it comes to bourbon. Yes, I'm one of them people. So you'll notice Big House. First of all, I said last week that I thought it had a donkey on the label. And it's actually not a donkey. It's a uh, ball, ball and, and chain. chain. Yeah, a shackle. Uh-huh. So I don't know. I, I I don't know. I thought that was a donkey, but it's a ball and chain. Big yeah, house. Makes you feel like you've been kicked by a donkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Originally, Big House was sourced out to a distillery in Indiana right across the river. But then people like you said, hey, this is My better bad. than a sourced bourbon. And Cesarac bought them. And now it's now it's distilled in Bardstown and bottled Ooh, in Louisville. There you go. So what? now they can put, and they need to do this. If Big House, if you're listening, you need to put Kentucky, Kentucky bourbon. straight bourbon Kentucky on there. Kentucky bourbon, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you how it came about that. It was it was a derby weekend, and I was going to get some Woodford, and they were plumb out. And the guy behind the counter said, look, if you like Woodford, I think you'll like this. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Here it's we good. go. Here we go. It's Man, good. It's solid. Solid. It's very solid. Solid. So, Neil, what do you think the proof is? You haven't seen go, the bottle. I'd go 90. Yeah? I'd go so 90. So you could tell it was a little more than 80. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's you, a 90. You're right on it. Yeah, it's a 90 okay. proof. 90 proofer. It's good. So, yeah, it's good. Smooth. Yep. I'm, I'm drinking it neat. You guys have it on the rocks. That's where I... Yeah, I got to have it on the rocks. So yeah. That's good. I do. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, that's a good... A few training wheels there is what I need. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Toy, again, welcome back. So last week we left. We remembered a long-forgotten Toyupu Liu song. 
Did you remember it? I, I didn't. You know, I had to I had to go over it a little bit in my head, and I had to go over some chords, and then I kind of thought about you know playing it on the guitar, and I thought about it. I was like, man, I recorded that. But when I initially recorded, I recorded on the piano and guitar. But initially, it was a piano song. So uh, I got to thinking about it, and I kind of threw you guys for a curveball for a setup for this week. So I, I got to ask Neil. Neil might know. Neil might know. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the origination of this song was? I do believe. I don't. I'm putting you on the spot. I'll what? give you a hint. It's not a girl. Well, I think it was about <laughs> your brother, correct? Oh, man, you're close. You're close. So Neil was kind of talking a little bit on. I had was going through a little bit of a dark spell. This yeah. was this wasn't about a girl. It's it's it sounds like a like a breakup song. And if you're wondering if you're gonna be with him forever, this is about Loa. This is my son. And oh. so right around that time period, <clears throat> I got a divorce from his, his mom and I divorced, and he everything was going good. I was seeing him like five out of every fourteen days. Right, shared custody everything was going good and then boom she had primary custodianship so when she said she was going to move there was nothing i could do about it and you talk about a helpless dark feeling that you like there's nothing you could do about it not move down the street not move down the street Moved to Arizona. Oh. Yeah, so. And we're in Kentucky, drinking we're in Kentucky. Kentucky straight bourbon, big house, Kentucky right. straight bourbon. Right. And I'm not throwing any darts at, at anybody by any means, but that was a really dark, hard time in my life because, I mean, he, he still is very important to me. He's a, he's a grown-up. He makes his own decisions. But, you know, we had a really tight bond, and he was only five, six years old at the time. Mm-hmm. So Interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, <clears throat> I wasn't a purist. It was uh, When it comes to the bourbon and the whiskey, I wasn't a purist. It was whatever fifth was the cheapest, and whenever he left to come visit, you know, we went from five out of every 14 days to only saw him like eight weeks during a year. So does, does Loa know this song exists? I'm not sure. Is that right? I'm so not sure. Really? I, didn't, I, didn't really, I didn't really write it for anybody else other than for me to deal with that time so how many people know that it's about your son uh this is the first time i ever let that cat out of the bag is that right yeah well, cool. yeah. yeah first time i ever let that cat out of the bag and i don't know maybe because i've grown up a little bit maybe because he's an adult but uh what, what is loa doing now he'll be 21 in april uh, he's uh, he finally buys cigarettes in Kentucky. When yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he's a biochem major at in, at the University of Wisconsin now. So yeah, pretty pretty proud dad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bilingual. Yeah. He speaks uh, Spanish as well as he speaks English. So well, he lived in what Mexico or he Puerto did, Rico? Where, he where did. Was it? After he moved to Arizona, he moved to uh, they moved to Mexico for and he lived down there for four years. So I mean, he was pretty. He's pretty engulfed in the culture down yep. there, so he has a really good understanding. It was like, like a real um, time where he's really influenced, you know. So like eight, eight to twelve, maybe eight to twelve. I want to say it was about the time he was down there. So, yeah. You know, the the yeah. thing the thing about uh, Loa is for me, he's always just been. He's now he's a, a good young. man. He's just always been a cool kid. Cool person and, and good just a good natured kid 
Oh, all yeah. this respect. Man, I should have dropped him off at your house a few more times. Well, I don't <laughs> should have brought him up here and left him at your door. I wish no, you No, he does. He's <laughs> one of those people. I know what you're saying. Yeah, you know, you're around a nice chill. He's got a good heart. Yeah, yeah he's, he's one of those people. He's got a good heart. Yeah. I love him. I don't want to brag on him too much. His, well, his head's already larger than average. Well, he knows what I'm talking about. So. And you know, <laughs> well, look at look at his. I, I took a, just took a picture of you, man. Those look like earbuds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't say he got it. Yeah, he got it. He got it honest. He got it honest. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just no. He got it. He's honest. a great one, man. He's a good. One. So, you know, it's funny because um, tonight's going to probably lead into with you talking about that and how we set up tonight. We originally talked about doing uh, doing this song live, um, and then when you get to going, you know, I. I've got a million, like like you've talked about. I've got songs I can't remember the words. I definitely would need time to practice and go over and learn and do all these things. So well, it's pretty cool because of the way we've got all this set up, we can kind of just go with the flow and do what we want to do now. But it's also cool because not only are we going to be talking about the recording process, but talking about songwriting. And because like you just said, when you were going through that time in your life, and you wrote this song for you, and it wasn't about trying to put a message across, trying to be uh, sappy, trying to do anything, but other than I've got to say this, I've got to get this thing out, or it's gonna just eat me up. And I've this is this here, blah. Well, and, you know what? I've I've always performed music as that it wasn't a literal translation for anything. Mm-hmm. It, it's always a perception of emotion. Yeah. So, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, if I was feeling that way, it was still my perception. That's Whether, what it was going to be about, regardless. And that's what it was going to be about, regardless. So I think the idea is being able to convey a message that you feel and and putting in, being able to hear emotion. That's basically what you're doing whenever you yeah. perform music. Whenever I perform, I try to get a certain emotion across, you know, and... There's always a primary emotion that you're trying to convey, but sometimes it may make other people, depending on you know what their personal experiences are, feel something different. As a performer, do you think that's why mail it in is a term? Do you when you see people that do not that lose that or can't convey that emotion through what they're trying? Not as a writer, but maybe as just on a performance. They maybe they they've done it too long, or uh, they're just over it, or they you know singing. Brown eyed girl for the four thousandth time in a bar, you know, at some point oh, you're gonna yeah. mail it That's in a little point. bit. Yeah. You just kinda lose that at, at times. Well, uh, I think uh, just like anything, I mean if you're exposed to anything for enough times you're gonna get desensitized to it. Yeah. You well know? probably going back to what we talked about last week, even with you in school and music, you get well not desensitized, but just where you know that this is not it because you've done it so right. much and it becomes right. Well, I think Brad will agree to that, and, and Pappy's in the house too. He's he's listening. He might even agree to it. Might get a hand out of him. <laughs> uh, what's up, Pappy? What's up, Pappy? <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it's O2G love performing. We were mainly a cover band. We did a few originals, but you know, it just got to that same old thing. Where if we could just perform every weekend, I think we would have been cool with that. You know. Um, and of course, every crowd has its own energy. I yeah. think you feed off of that, and you are you know that yes. as well as I do. But yeah. um, so, as a performer, do you have anything 
Have you have you established any routines or rituals that help get you in the frame of mind to be able to uh, show that emotion you want to show? Yeah, alcohol. That's the, <laughs> that'd be the first thing. That's 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 the first thing. You know what? I must send a shout out to James Greenio too. James, James. Greenio. You know when I was talking about that doo wop group that we sang with, the acapella group. We wouldn't let him perform. We'd start late if we had to, but he had to have at least three beers, three shots, or three mixed drinks. It was what, he had to have three of them. So James, he was V's brother, right? Yeah, that was yeah. V's brother. I'm starting to feel like I know these guys. We yeah. have to have them to the. We have to have oh, ought to have them to on the them. podcast. I'd love yeah. to see them. I even tell them a song or two that we're doing, man, and then we might be able to strike up an acapella or Ooh. just a. Man, well, you man. know who would be a Ooh, good an acapella, just a just straight live jam, right? A live jam. You know who would be a good one to start with is uh, V, because you guys both had that connection that came out last week. I mean, you guys knew about it, but we didn't know about it to V. Yeah, I haven't talked to V in a long time. You know, I, I'd love I think, to talk to him. I think awesome. V would love that. He would love it. I he think he would love that. Awesome. V, if not, I'm just going to nag the hell out of him until he does come up here. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to take much, though. V, no. if you're listening, <laughs> you need to be on the Top Hill Recording Podcast. <laughs> uh, we know you are. You don't live in, in Louisville, but we, and we won't pay for your gas, but we will have bourbon when you get here. Well, that's one that's thing we fact. need to learn how to do is we need to Skype people into our podcast. Ah, I think that's a good idea. Beam them in. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> that's a good story to to come out you know and you know another thing too so this song is at least good enough for neil to remember it 20 years later as we sat here last week okay because okay. you've pretty much forgotten about it and I, we, yeah, you know, I we talked about that you know uh we've we've talked about there she goes quite a bit and that was one of the first songs that i wrote over 20 years ago and it just kind of hung around by people requesting it and well, you're one of those that would request that song whenever we get together. Yeah, over a bonfire for sure. That was yeah. a, that was actually that was that was yeah that was the only one I would request. That was the only one I knew at the time. That you <laughs> 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 Where was your mindset at when you were writing that song? Well, you know, there she goes is interesting because I went through a, just a creative phase uh, after after becoming a father. Just like songs were just coming out. You know, I could write a song in 10 minutes. And, you know, it's kind of funny to talk about because when you listen to There She Goes, it's kind of a dark song about a very troubled girl growing up in the uh, sure. in the womanhood and, and taking true. some paths that aren't so good. So it some, wasn't necessarily about where I was maybe or what a fear, was happening. Maybe but a fear of what? I don't know. It, I don't just, know. Uh, it just came out. And I sat down and wrote that song on one, one sitting and... Definitely less than a half an hour, maybe maybe quicker than that from start to finish. And you guys are good. No, it took me like a week and a half to write forever in a day. No, well, the last uh, <laughs> one I sent you, you know, you asked me, do you ever hammer out a song? And, and I said, yes, yeah, so the last one, I'm I'm still hammering that song out. It's not done. Uh, it's interesting, but it ain't close to done. I'm hammering out lyrics. I'm trying to make sure melodies are right, but it's it's uh, it's it's cool. It's getting there, but but this one's a, this one has been a struggle for me. So they're all different. Sometimes, man, it's it's like that. Sometimes it's when he said he said I probably wrote that that album about I don't know about as long as it takes to listen to it. 
Whether or not when you listen to when you listen to uh, this is life the the SOL album they're not real deep songs you know so it's uh but they're fun they're it's a lot cool. of fun That's so true. we had a, we had a hell of a time with that That's true. I'm as drunk as Jake Bickle I want to meet that guy there's an interesting story with that song that's uh that song was inspired by Cindy's father Walt Humphrey. And not because he's drunk as Jake Bickle. He just always talked about some fictional character. As far as I know, he's fictional. <laughs> he might be a real guy named Jake Bickle. Never yeah. knew that. <laughs> so, so anytime he was telling a story about his younger years, it would often start out with, yeah, it was a Saturday night and we were drunker than Jake Bickle. <laughs> And that was how, that's how the story would start. So I thought, I'm going to write a song Somebody about that. Jake. Did it again. Well, you did it again. Somewhere out in, in the United States, there's a guy named Jake Bickle well, going. But I, I, he, would, he would start stories like that man. all the time. Oh, yeah, we were down at such and such, and we were drunker than old Jake Bickle, man. We, <laughs> we should Google Jake Bickle. That's what we should do. We should Google Jake Bickle. I'm sure there's one out there. Uh, there's got to be one out there. Let's yeah. have our uh, we'll have our producer Ron Google Jake Bickle. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, Brent West, who I've talked about on this on this podcast exhaustively. He he listens. He's a listener. I wouldn't say exhaustively. Not very well. He, he he at least the first one. We haven't worn him out yet. Yeah, not yet. Well, he was telling me some stories about some of these songs that he wrote. Man, oh my gosh! When so we need him on. We need him on just to, to tell us some yeah, of these stories. I'm, 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 I'm kind of intrigued myself. I well, wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing him in here. Oh my gosh! Uh, I, didn't, I didn't even realize that he he wrote. Well, the 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 great part is a lot of these are real stories. It's like if he sat down and told you a story, hey, let me tell you a story. So a lot of them are like that with the chorus. And then a story. Uh, we had some good laughs this weekend over some of his songs, man. It was nice. awesome. Well, if he can tell a story anything <laughs> like his dad, I can only imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The legend. Okay, so <laughs> we, we talked last week. We were going to try to record... Uh, what's the name of this song anyway, Toy? All right, so when you asked me, you put me on the spot last week. So I said, okay, and I sang it through my head, got through the first verse. There you go. Like we always have to do whenever we think of a song to get to the title, right? Yes, sir. So I told you it was Forever in a Day, mm-hmm. right? It's Lois' song. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the, the title. The title was Lois' song? Did yeah. you just change it to that? Or? I, I changed it to Forever in a Day so nobody knew what it was. Oh. Yeah. But now it's just, yeah. now the real yeah. title's yeah. coming yeah. out. Yeah. It's title. the title. Yeah. Uh, okay. Boom. There you go. Lois' going to learn a lot from this podcast. Yeah, he is. I'm going to have to send it to him. How, how did Lois end up at the University of Wisconsin? Lived there. Yeah, moving all over the United States, and you know, he—I I thought it was cool that he was able to travel so young. And you know, it was a lot for somebody as young as he was. But got to Wisconsin, and uh, he lived several places after he lived in Wisconsin. But he just—he really loved it up there. He liked the winter. He liked the, the seasons. And is Loa a musician? I think he. Well, he's musically inclined, and we had even talked about. <laughs> Going as far as maybe even to to, to play a gig here and so in he the does next play. So oh yeah, he does play. He he understands chord progressions and and he can get through it enough. He can hold a, a tone long enough in order to be able to uh, harmonize with him. So 
Maybe he can sing some background vocals I, to I think the he's lowest capable. Song. I think he's capable. I've sent him some chord progressions before on some songs. Ones uh, Neil and I used to sing in O2G also. So, well, I tell you, uh, there's nothing cooler than than doing a gig and having your kid. Oh yeah, sing with you. Yeah, because. Yeah, your daughter can sing. She's she can, got a set of pipes on her. She's got sure. some pipes for sure, yeah. man. That was she, another thing cool about O2G. You know, I I got to play with oh, yeah. my dad and my uncle. Yeah. And, uh, you know, got to do a lot of cool gigs and have a lot of fun with those guys. You know what the only problem with that is, though? What's that? You got to mind your P's and Q's all the time. No, no, no. <laughs> Those guys were as hard rock and roll as we were. That's, that's the last three worries. <laughs> they lead the, they're called pack leaders. They, no. they, they, they lead the wolf pack. Hey, uh, getting up in your age. Getting up in your age when, when you're playing out with those guys. You had to watch out for heat strokes and <laughs> heart attacks and all kinds of other shit. So the way we played uh, Mine was better. Mine was way better. You had to mind your P's and Q's. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mind your P's and Q's. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that. You had to really make sure everybody lived. <laughs> well, that's a, it was a running joke. I mean, that's so, our, our our group name was OTG based on that wordplay. You know, old to the that, new. Old to the new. So. We played old songs to the new yeah. songs, and we were all old to the new. So my father sent me this today. He's a podcast listener as well. Oh, okay. So he, yeah. He, so that's a picture of Andy Weston back in the day. He's yeah. got hair there. A lot of it, man. So let me tell you where Toy's little uh, heat stroke thing comes from. <laughs> we we played down. Uh, uh, the city had an uh, Independence Day festival. We talked about the one at the waterfront, but we also had played one at the, uh, what is that called? River, River, Riverview River, Park. Riverview, yeah. At Riverview Park. And my Uncle Butch, Andy, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about quite a bit. I don't know if he had a heat stroke or had heat exhaustion or what, but well, here's he what was so he was so drained of energy that he had to sit, you know, to play and warm up and everything. But then, man, all at once he jumped up, and his stage is about eight foot off the ground, and he was playing his guitar and took off and did a stage dive out into <laughs> the crowd in big old boots. I don't care if you're 20 or 90. That's rock and roll. Yeah, that is rock and roll. Wait, and he was, and he was, did. did he was about, I guess, what, 73? He was in the 70s already, yeah, for then. sure. Did anybody catch him? <laughs> no, he just well, jumped. He just jumped. He landed on his he own landed. two feet. Yeah, yeah he, he landed. landed he ran. stuck the landing hey, for sure. He landed like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy what heat stroke can do to you. <laughs> It was like that uh, that drug commercial. You've seen your brain on drugs, but his was. You ever seen your brain on heat? But then after the show, he really took advantage of it. Then what did he do? The heat just got him too much, man. While we were breaking down, he sat in the air conditioned ambulance, looking out the back window till he saw we were done. Then he got out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was nice and cool in there. It was, how hot do you think it was out there that day? Like oh, 97, gosh. 98? Oh, yeah. So under the 10, it was every bit of 110, every oh, bit of it. Oh, my gosh. And we, did that, we did that show two years. That was one year. And then the next year, uh, we played in a lightning storm on aluminum stage. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. I remember the story I was going to tell you guys. The, when we were leaving last the week? The one we were leaving we're last like, no, week. Save that for yeah. next week. And we, what? So we talked about family. And the reason why I brought when we brought Andy up, it, it reminded me, right? So we talked about family, and all of us had pretty, had, had pretty good support systems around us, and you know, and uh, performing and everything. But <clears throat> my biggest fan was my dad, without a doubt. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, without a doubt, he was my biggest fan. He invested in me both emotionally, financially, lots of financially, lots of emotionally, though. I mean, he just, you know, whenever he'd come in from small, because he lived there towards the, towards the end of his life. So he came back, right? And the, the last time that he came back before he passed, he we played O2G, played out at Riverview. And I can't, I don't think it was raining. I think it was I think it pretty was a average pretty, I summer. I think it was a pretty nice day. How many yeah, times was, did we play there? I think three. Okay. So so one time it was good, two times it was crazy. Every time yeah. it was fun. Every time it was fun, yeah. but, but yes. the, the first one was the heat stroke. The second one, the 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 second second one was lightning storm. There's a picture that we have a very good picture of And that. the lightning storm. <laughs> I, I look back on the back of the stage, and I'm like, Dad, is that your bass guitar case? And it was fueled to the rim of the water. <laughs> So that last time Pop came back, you know, he was like, man, you guys look like you had a great time. You sounded awesome. Everybody sounded great. And you sounded really good on the guitar, son, and singing. He said you sounded really good. But, man, that Andy stole the show. (laughs) (laughs) That night, Andy... Was my, uh, yeah, my it, my dad just switched his loyalty right over to Andy West <laughs> that night. So, you know, I remember that, was, that night. Smiled. That night he was on. He know, was on. He was he on was that on. night. And then another, I, thought we were, I thought I was on, though, too. But I, not way, as on as you Andy. were, too. <laughs> you had yoga pants on that night. I did have yoga pants on. Wait. And no shoes. And a zebra scarf. <laughs> but, you know... What? Uh, you know another Andy Weston night that I no, remember. No, no, I gotta wait. <laughs> it was, what? You had yoga pants on and a scarf. Yeah, we was going for loud. I think that night. Cause what were you wearing? Were you wearing like a? Were you wearing your peach <laughs> tuxedo? <laughs> I don't know. No, I didn't wear it that no, night. You wouldn't no, wear that, was, night. that would be way too hot. That's, that's a three piece. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yo. Oh, so my. anyway. Hold on. No, hey, okay. He had on yoga pants. Accept it, man. Let's go on. All right, man. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry for that visual. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just remember Pirates of the Penzance, man. I was like, you know what? what? Had a little bit more. of that flavor. Hey. You know what? We talked about like who we are as artists is a, like a combination of everything that we've ever experienced musically. <laughs> That's true. That might have been it. That was it. You were so like consciously not being able to wear. I was during a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm ready. I'm moving on. You're right. Okay, so Uncle Uncle Butch was on that night, right? And, he, and he's he's good all the time, but sometimes yeah. he just like you know he's he, on fire. He that hits night. The, he hits the groove. Another <laughs> time he did that, we were at Iroquois Amphitheater, and he sang um, Journey. Pappy, what's a Journey song we do? Pappy can't remember either. There's, a, I mean, is it the main song? Loving, touching, squeezing. There it is. I was in the process he of singing. He did loving, touching, squeezing, and just nailed yeah, it. He nailed it. He crushed it. And uh, you, you can find that on. You can probably find that on YouTube. That was on YouTube. Yeah, he uh, he crushed it that night. I had to just pause for a minute and give him some knuckles <laughs> right in the middle of the. I mean, he killed it. Yeah, he yeah. killed it. Yeah. <laughs> So that was a, that was another. That was, was a, we talked about that Iroquois gig last week. 
Iroquois yeah. was fun to play because they have an awesome sound system. Oh, man. man. And it's amazing because yeah. now, especially now, I wonder what it would sound like now. They have so many acts that roll through there now. They got it down to a size. Yeah. Their sound oh. guy, you can tell, it definitely wasn't his first rodeo. No. He was excellent. Yeah. Amazing. All right. So when we, we talked last week, we talked about recording this song, you know, track it all at once. We were talking a little bit before and before the show. You might be thinking a little differently now. So one of the things that we talked about is, you know, I'm still really a recording novice. I'm more of a live performer. <clears throat> and, of course, classically trained, you you project towards microphones. There's microphone really, you can cheat towards it, but you don't really have to worry about sticking your face in a microphone. You don't have to eat it. You don't have to eat it. So there's some there's some things about... You know, being a novice recording artist and, of course, you know, not being around certain instrumentations. So I don't have a piano in my house anymore. And just not being exposed to it. I haven't played piano probably a year or two, at least. Well, maybe Thanksgiving. I might have maybe messed around. But not sit down for any time. Right, or practiced or anything else. So, But I think we talked about that a little bit, too. Sometimes the magic happens in the process without... Over practicing, so so. Do you want to play keys on this tonight? And I we, think so. I think I'm gonna play keys on it tonight. And, and as we have recalled from past conversations, you're not a big fan of practice. No, you're the Alan Iverson. I used to be. You're not like, anymore. I'm yeah, you're, that, you're like Alan Iverson in the music. Uh, I mean, now just because you know I have <laughs> you, you know, I have a freedom. Much. I don't have like any uh, you know like professional obligation yes. or anything. So. Yeah. So I want to back up, too, and just remind people what we're going to be recording with tonight because I don't want, you know, I, I think it's good that people understand. We're talking low budget right here. I bought that audio box USB 96 on Amazon for 99 bucks, and it came with Studio Artist. So nice. so we've got we've got two channels. Uh, that's studio, what, studio Artist is, what, $150, $200 program? If you buy it, if you just if buy you just it buy out, out right? I don't, I don't know. I, I looked know. at it like yesterday because I I think I have prime. You sure you're not looking at professional? No, professional is like two hundred three or uh, two ninety nine. Okay, yeah, one of them is like, really expensive. So if you go to Amazon and you buy you buy that interface, you get Studio One Artist with it, off, and it's it's ninety nine bucks. But we've got two channels. I mean, like for the three of us tonight, I've got uh, I've got one mic in one channel, and then the other two going into a mixer. And then into the second channel. So, if we were going, oh, okay. if we were going to retract all at once, I was thinking we would do all the instrumentation in one track, and then do your lead vocals in the other. That would give us a little bit of mix between instruments and vocals. But if we want to tonight, we can just track each instrument separately. Maybe starting with keyboard, and maybe even play it with a metronome to kind of show how okay how go you keep through time the process. Yeah. Go through the process a little bit. Yeah. What do you yeah. think, Neil? Yeah, I like it. Good idea. So, do you think the keyboard would be the best thing to start with? But do you always want to start with whatever the, you're building the song around? This, like you said, was a keyboard song originally. You did it. You tracked it both with keyboard and guitar. Um, and if you're more comfortable doing keyboard, do it. If you're more comfortable with the guitar, we have the metronome. You could you could track it on guitar first, fill in with the piano second. And then build another guitar around what you've done on the piano. Okay. And completely take out the first guitar or keep it. Okay. I think I'd like to do that, but in re just in reverse. Do the piano first and piano. then 
bring the guitar in around the piano. There you go. Yep. Build so, and the then piano. most, actually, most of the instrumentation doesn't come in until the second verse anyway. Sweet. Yep. Are there any breaks in this song? No. So what there's we'll a bridge, do, but there's a bridge, but there's no. All right, what's going on, what's going to happen at the bridge? What are we we're going to have a little lead guitar or just piano? Or? Not really. It's straight vocal. It goes right into. Well, at the time, I didn't play a lot of lead guitar stuff, so I just went straight from vocal to vocal to vocal. There's mm-hmm. no. There's a bridge, but there's not any like um, instrumental solo time in here. So you got lead vocals. Are you going to do any uh, back backgrounds yourself, or do you want? Oh, we could. I mean, we could do. I could lay down one, and then we could dub it with another voice. Let's just start this. See where it goes. Okay. All right. So we're gonna we'll take a quick break while we're uh, while we're setting up to start the keyboard. We're gonna listen to some Voodoo Symphony, an instrumental called Downtown. You remember that one, Neil? Yeah. All right. So we'll listen to Downtown while we're getting set up. back on we uh we set up for some recording we uh we tracked a keyboard we tracked uh two guitars we had uh we had the Rhodes NT1A at the sound hole on the guitar and then we had an SM57 at the 12th fret and then we tracked some vocals all the vocals were done by Toy tonight we did the lead vocals and then he came back and did three part was three part harmony so it was lead and then three part backup. Yeah. Yep. So we uh, we did all of those things. Uh, what what we'll do is we'll just play a track with. Uh, what do you think? We'll play one with no effects. Or... I say play one that was pretty raw. Okay. So we'll play. I'll export one track with with no effects on it, just as is. Then I'll I'll uh, go back and do some. Minor changes. I'm not going to spend a bunch of time editing this because we're not looking for like a yeah, super polished British product. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We're just kind of trying to see what you can do in a bedroom with no. This bedroom has no soundproofing. No, uh, not soundproofing. What is it? Sound enhancing. Sound deadening. Sound. I think that's the word I was looking for too. Is deadening. <laughs> So we're in a we're in a, an eleven by twenty two bedroom that we're in the process of making a recording studio. Just built a wall that will have uh, a sliding glass door to a control room, and we recorded most of this in uh, the uh, moving blanket tent we talked about in one of the previous episodes. Well, and not only that, we did it in. We started. I got here at about five. You fixing to tell about the time because I think that's important yeah. too. Yeah, I got here at five forty-five. We we by the time we got settled in and into the actual podcast, it was after six o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we went for what twenty twenty-five minutes, just probably you know talking close to seven. So six. So it is now nine twenty-three, nine twenty-three p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So in a couple hours, we laid down all of that stuff. Not only did we lay it down, we, we kind of had some, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? We'll try this, try that. It wasn't just one-take stuff. It was being able to go over things a take or two. 
And we ate some Kobe cheese and jalapenos. Ate some Kobe cheese. We finished a full bottle of Big House straight burger whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a lot of fun, too. It wasn't strict. It wasn't like hardcore, let's record and get this done. And we had a good time. Yeah, well, and that, I think that's the point. I mean, the whole point of this this adventure that I think we could call it that we're on is to see what we can get out of what we got. And, and what we have is not much, but what we really have is a lot. We got resources like Toy that has this cool, amazing song about his boy um, that at times can be really sentimental. Here it is.
that chases away your dark and promise to always love you with all my heart I'll always love you with all my heart Lois, uh, how do you feel about, about what you heard with the oh, raw take? Man. I mean, we didn't put any uh, effects on it. I got to tell you, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm cool okay. with it. You guys okay. did, you, everybody did a good job of really bringing, bringing what I felt like that song should sound like. And uh, at the end of the day, that's that's all you can do is just however you imagine it in your head, try to get that sound laid down. Um, but, I'm, yeah, as far as the recording itself goes, I really like it. Um I kind of left out some details. So part of my motivation for that song was not just not just to write it for him because I was going through that, but like kind of entail like what I would go through on a visit with him too. One of the things we had to go through was when he was young and he lived when they moved to Arizona was um, unaccompanied minor plane rides, right? So you know there were times where. I would take them to the airport, and unaccompanied minors, you can actually walk them all the way up to the gate, which, you know, you can normally can't do. You can't go past TSA unless you have a plane ticket, but that's the only exception is if you have, you know, if you're escorting an unaccompanied minor. So I had to see him on the plane, and then the other parent on the other side would see him off the plane. But some of those lyrics came from two things specifically. One when he got on the plane and that it took it was about it was literally about four or five rough years of seeing him off on the plane before we both weren't crying you know really bad like two blubbering idiots right there in the middle of everybody at the airport <laughs> and poor little fellow man he didn't have any concept of time so you know he the only thing he understood was if he was there for two weeks three six months is incomprehensible to him Right. So it was two things. It was one, putting him on the plane, and two, getting him off the plane. So that's standing there with open arms saying, All I need is you. That line came directly from that, was being able to get him off. But unfortunately, man, it was always, always the last part of our trip was him getting back on the plane. So, and that's when, you know, that's when things kind of get tough. But that's when I would feel the most emotion. And at the time, it, It wasn't welcome, but looking back at it, like, retrospectively now, in order to be able to write or be creative, you have to feel that inrush of emotion, whether it's good or bad. Whether it's good or bad, you got to welcome it. And really, life. Hmm. You know, really life. You you really have to be able to welcome that emotion. I mean, emotion is going to be negative or positive, but really what your reaction to it after that is really up to you. You know, you, there's so, there's 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 stimuli to make you want to feel that, but really, it's up to you I, to what you do after you I, feel I think, that emotion. I personally think a lot of uh, a lot of what life is is how you respond mm-hmm. to things, how you respond to good and bad, and, and in moments like that where you just, I'm sure there it was empty. 
when you put when you put your boy on a plane, you know that the next three to six months there's an emptiness there. Yep. That uh, that that he and I will never be able to feel. Yep. We won't. We, I don't know that. The the closest I can get to that is from you singing it and and explaining what the song was about and why you wrote it and and saying what you're saying now. Yeah. Uh, because, well, not, you know what, man? I, I tell you what. Now, at this point in my life, like I'm okay with that story being told. You mm-hmm. asked me ten years ago. I, was, I wasn't ready for that. There was yeah. no way I was ready for that. I was yeah. still going through some of that, you know. So absolutely, like you um, said, he's twenty-one. He was eleven ten years ago. Right, right. You probably wrote it, right? Uh, or we're definitely still feeling those emotions of why you wrote that song ten years ago, even if when you wrote it fifteen. I mean, that you're living that. Well, what, I don't know what you even call, I don't know if you call it a nightmare or what you call it. it is a you're living that situation I think it's uh, just life time. you know it's like you oh, know yeah. it's like so, some of some of us are fortunate enough to have family stay around for forever well like you know my oldest son he's mm-hmm. he moved to North Dakota met a girl moved to North Dakota which is a long way from yeah, Kentucky it's a long way. Yeah. and you know even at even at 25 years old that's that's a tough adjustment yeah, to I'm get sure. used to not being around someone that's been a part of your life for a long the whole time, time yeah. yeah and somebody that's really important to his you. whole so, life you know and I think it's probably a lot easier when you're talking about an adult life rather than a a child's life I'm not so sure I think it's just different yeah completely yeah I mean I I mean easy I guess is a relative word but I mean I'm not so sure you know it had been any easier for him to go off to Wisconsin as a grown man than it would be as a kid that that it might even been tougher for me maybe that was maybe that's the way it was supposed to go down to maybe ease that up for me because yeah. I tell you, you know, uh, and my family, I was close with them. And the first time I really moved away out of the house was when I went to UK and it was kind of the same thing there. You know, that, uh, that man, you're, you're grown up and it's time to kind of, kind of like everything that you make on your own is going to be your own now. Mm-hmm. So, but I remember that being one of the toughest times of my life, Up, definitely up to that point, was removing myself from my family for whatever the reason, whether it be good, bad, indifferent. But you had such man, a, that was you tough. had a very tight tough. family structure. You know, part of the part with me coming to UK was it, it wasn't that because you were there. I was going with Lee to where there I didn't have much of a separation. I was ready to go to where you guys were always very, very close knit. Um, and, and that was such a big leap to finally go, I'm out. Do you know what, though? When you moved to UK, though, it seemed like I think that's when you wrote a bunch of your songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was when the start. That, was a, that was a different time for you. There's all kinds of things I'm sure you were feeling at that time, you know, moving away from home and yeah, and I, you start know, school. And, I mean, I probably really started, I, I started writing uh, in song form probably in freshman year of high school. Uh, I thought it was poetry, but it was really just a bunch of songs. <laughs> right. Until I started really, I go, oh, crap, that's a song. Um, but that's probably when I really started putting things together, going, oh, I think I I think I think can really say what I want to say yeah. this way. Well, you're expressing it. Yeah, so. really express it. So, so when did when did you start writing? Was this well, your first attempt at writing? Or oh, yeah, you, yeah. Was I mean, it really? You know, I told, I was telling Neil in that's an earlier episode. <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, I didn't. Need, I didn't start playing the guitar until twenty six, twenty seven. 
years old, uh, somewhere in there, 26 to 28 years old. And, and uh, you know, it, it moved pretty quickly to, to get in with my cousins and, uh, okay. and get in with SOL and, you know, going through all those changes of, of having kids and working full-time and just life. And, and uh, man, I just started pouring out songs. I just decided I was going to start writing songs. And, and uh so I don't know. I, I don't know why I got away from it. I, I haven't question. written a song in a long time. I got a question. Did you write the poetry first or the music? Music. And I was telling Neil, I, I wrote. Uh, you know, I was learning the guitar, so I thought it was cool to start putting chords together into into music. So I, my the way it worked for me is I would lay out a cool chord progression, and then I would hear a lyric melody in my head just kind of the the melody without words, and then I would write words to that oh, melody. Okay. All right, so did you know you even had it in you to, to write music at this point? Or was it just like, oh, crap, I hear I'm playing these chords. And was there any inspiration to create something, or was it just I wanted to play guitar, and then all of a sudden I just had lyrics in my head? What What was the real point where you stopped long enough to put pen to paper or even if not pen to paper, to create whatever it was that became SOL? I, I probably wouldn't have even thought about writing songs if I didn't know my Uncle Butch and his songwriting. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and what songwriting, you know, I never even would have considered even writing songs. You know, I, I don't I don't know. I just decided I was going to write a song. I, I don't remember which one was the, was the first one, uh, but... Once it got started, it was it, they just uh, about twenty songs poured out over over a relatively short period of time, and then I really didn't write any music for a long time, and I, I still haven't. I, I haven't, you know, I'm not writing any music now. I know, like Neil, you write, you put down, you put words to paper a lot. I, I'm not doing that now, and I probably should. I think it's fun. I think it's good for me, and I think it's. I like to be creative and and make things uh but it's just a time of my life that for whatever reason you know well, I, I don't know it seems like things just i i don't i don't plan for th- yeah <laughs> i don't plan for things yeah, things yeah, just kind of like, happen it's you like know? this i don't think you plan for this all this and when you do yeah. your fellow podcasters are going to change it anyway so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's uh it's it's strange how how things work out because yeah. i i didn't this is about the last thing I expect to be doing on a Monday afternoon or night at this point uh, three months ago when we originally probably talked about just an idea. Yeah. So from for to be here and then who knows where it's going to lead, but do you think that any any of this has kind of sparked creation in your in your head or do you, are you more still streamlined towards recording or is it... Oh, well, you know, I told you tonight so so we've got uh we've got Roger Higdon coming on mm-hmm. our next podcast and, and Roger is is a longtime musician, big time Louisville Louisville musician, well known. Uh, but after that I was telling you I think we need to do a, a, a podcast, just the two of us, on what we've learned <laughs> through this process because n- not just in podcasting and I don't want to get into it too much now, but I've I've learned a lot about myself and about you and and just i I mean you know one thing this podcast has done for me you don't sit down and talk to people like this anymore 
you don't sit down at a table with two of your good friends and just have a conversation like this anymore. And this podcast has like forced you in this area where you give your full attention to two people who are important to you and to and who you love and full awareness. And you don't and that doesn't yeah. happen anymore. And no, I, no, I didn't realize I didn't realize until we started doing this podcast that how much that does not happen. No. Yeah. Or how little but, it happens. You know, it was kinda of even the after the first or second one we talked your dad was coming on and I'd mentioned to you, I I think I told my dad the story yesterday. I said, I, I said, Brad let me do most of the interview because you probably know everything about your dad and his music past. And you went, no, I really don't know anything about it. And that that's cool, number one, for a podcast because you're coming in completely <laughs> not knowing what's going to happen or what questions or where it's going to lead. But but to know that, man, there's there's so much that we still have to learn about each other. Uh, and And a lot of times it's set the phone down, get out of the way, and just talk. You know, I like I, the recording part uh, is fun, and, and it's a great excuse to just sit around and throw some cans on and have a conversation. And drink a fifth of Big House Burger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, man, the whole time we were doing the recording, I was thinking, this is cool. I can't wait to talk about it. You know, because that, yeah. that, as much as, as, as we were doing that, I couldn't wait to get here today to just put the cans on and really focus and talk and have a conversation and, and continue what we started last week. So we're sitting here talking about family, and, and, you know, I just got something in my mind that I want to hear Toy talk about because I know you, you guys have had a – you guys are a tight family, mm-hmm. and you came up with a situation that, uh, you know, your culture led to your parents moving to Samoa, Correct. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, can you talk about that a little bit? What what happened? To... Oh man, it was several different things, and um, you know, Pop was born in American Samoa, and if you're born there, you don't you don't have a citizenship. You have you're considered a U.S. national, so you have the freedom to be able to go. You're just not considered technically a citizen, and I don't really know what the difference is other than you can't run for. Uh, President of the United States. Wonderful. <laughs> so Perfect. I think that's it. <laughs> Perfect. So I think that's it. I mean, want that job. <laughs> um, right, right, exactly. Um, but um, there was a void left in our family when my uh, grandfather died because he, he was a chief of our family. He carried our family name. Um, in Samoa. In Samoa, yeah. Um, and things things are different there. They they were able to the, incorporate the culture into a democracy, which is probably the reason why they're not considered citizens. I mean, in my opinion, because it's not completely what we consider a democracy here. Um, some of the chief uh, titles carry political political influence there. Okay, so like a democracy with a. Uh, traditional value set on top. Yes, absolutely. That's that's the best so way. Kind of sounds it. like yep. a combination of between like uh, U.S. democracy and British royalty. Mm. Um. So if you have yes, chiefs, yeah, not, I'd say no, different. No, that's close. But so? the the royal the oh, royalty or or the ability to be chief is not linear from dad to son. Mm. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. So actually, it goes to the generation. It's generational amongst the family. Okay, so so when my grandpa died, then it would be my dad, his brothers, and any of his first cousins 
would be eligible for that chief name. Okay. So there was kind of a void left when my grandfather died. And long story short, he ended up taking a chief name over there. But it's it's really difficult to be a, a chief and live over here in the United States because there's responsibilities that they have to take care of. Over so there. like, it, if I remember right, you were telling me if, if he wouldn't have stepped into that position, like his his town or his area or whatever it is would lose their voice in the government. Is that right? Uh, yeah, some, well, somewhat. There's always going to be somebody that takes that name, but mm, typically you want to that that name and that title to stay as close to your family as you can, you know. So, you know, it'd be it would be great if one of our you know somebody that's close to our, our immediate family, his brother or sis, you know, brother or you know cousin, first cousin. Um, and it, his cousin did take one title over there, but he he took another one for a different reason. Um, so his name legally changed over there, uh, which is, is that right? Yeah, yeah, legally, okay. and you couldn't address him by his his United States name anymore. If you and it's kind of disrespectful if you do so. In order to be able to be respectful, you had to address him by his chief name when he was over there, which was. His name over here, which my son's name is named after, is Va'aloa Liu. That is uh, our last name, Liu, and the first name has to come from either his mom's side or his dad's side. And I think I think Va'a came from, I want to say his, I think it was his dad's side. It was it was one of the two. But anyway, you can't just you can't just pick a name like you can over here in the United States. So once he went over there, uh, when he took his chief name, his chief name was Feiangai Mali'i. That's all one name. There's no first and last name. You have a chief name. That's it. Um, but it's more like a sentence than it is just a name. Feiangai Mali'i. Does it have a meaning? Feiangai Mali'i. Is there like a, is there like an English Mali'i. interpretation of that? There is. The, uh, the the chief name comes from his father's side, and it means among the kings. Ali'i means a king or chief, and Feiangai means to be among them. So that's his name is Feiangai Mali'i. And and it was kind of odd because when I, that culture, just because you're not in American Samoa, when he get when he would get around, you know, other Samoans here in the states, they would address him as that name. It would be disrespectful for him oh, wow. for them to do okay. otherwise. Yeah. So they knew him regardless. They, when when they were here and they saw him, they went, "Oh, yeah." It was it was really interesting. And um, a chief is not somebody that just says, "Okay, I'm the chief. You do this, you do that." The chief is there to take care of the family, you know. And it, it's it wasn't uncommon for you know, family, if, as in like what's extended family, the like family. yes, all, all the, the family. family, all the family, anybody. anybody if you're from the lineage. village, uh, if you if you come and be respectful to him, it wasn't uncommon for him to give them presents or or gifts or money, food. Um, those are all considered, you know, much like cultural me gifts, so. and Lee and Sean Flaherty and anybody else that hung around the Lee family <laughs> over <Right>. here. <laughs> so that's true, though. I mean, anytime, that's true. you know, the first thing that he did was, you know, always offered up the house and mm-hmm. and food, maybe money sometimes. And I know what I know what he did for me. <laughs> I know he did for you. I don't know. I was I was always oh, pop, fed. Come on, pop, help me out here. Um, <laughs> You know, it's that's funny that you say it because, yeah, that's, that's just who he was. It, just, it really was, it really who, he was, was. who he was. Yeah. And, and, and speaking to of the Samoan culture. To a fault. Well, to speak, a fault. I was just saying, speaking yeah. of the Samoan culture, that's that's what I understand from, from the Samoan culture. To a fault. They, they are uh, family first protectors and givers. Yeah, so the, the, 
the cumulative is more important than the individual. Yes. 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 Saving face for the family, all that, that's all more important than the individual. Yeah. Neil, this reminds me of your ego episode. Hey. Hey. <laughs> the collective, baby. The collective. <laughs> the collective. Yeah, I mean, it's true. It's true. I mean, I, I've never met, of course, any real, probably any Simone I've ever met related to you or in the Lee family are, are pretty close. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's always such a inclusive, loving, giving uh, family and, first and culture, you, and that's 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 true because you know, Toy, you've invited us to some uh, family gatherings, you know, at the lakes and luau's and things, and uh, I, I never felt like we were intruding. We were made to feel welcomed, and you know, well, you know there's what? always a lot of the food there too. I mean. Oh, the best oh food. man, <laughs> best <laughs> best hog roast ever. Well, you know, it's it's funny because you. Uh, second episode you spoke to it without even knowing that we were going to have this conversation or speaking to it when you talked about he would much rather be the person that props everybody up instead of being the guy Mm -hmm. and that speaks to who you're you are as a person who your culture teaches you to be you prop everyone else up to make the whole a better thing you you know what man when it's when it's all said and done you know when you're dust to dust and you're gone the only thing that lives on about you is what other people think about you and the way you were able to make them feel yeah that's and you know that, that and that's part of our culture too you know when you're when you're gone it, and it doesn't matter what you drive people aren't going to remember what you drove 10 years from now you know they, they're going to remember how you treated them yeah um they're going to remember the good times or the or even the bad times that they had with you they're going to remember that so you know it, it's one that's something that's always kept me grounded is just you know people are going to be people and and uh, you you try to take care of them and love them as much as you can because you don't always get to. And I, I had experience with that. I mean, you know, I woke up nine years old. My brother was, you know, seven years older than me. He went to King's Island. I woke up one day. He was my hero. Next day he was gone. So that that, that lesson sticks with you. You know, no. people that you love, you got to tell them you love them before you leave. That's that's a rule. In our, that was a rule in our house. I don't care how mad you were. You got to tell them you love them before you leave because you don't know when you're going to be seeing them next time. You, you don't know when they're going to be gone. I have uh, I have a few memories of when I was a kid, and, and that's one of them. You know, I remember uh, mostly stupid stuff I was doing, but I'll never forget the day that your brother uh, was in that accident and passed away and I don't know why we ended up at your house but I remember being at your house I tell you why because because your family rallied around ours yep. yeah but I remember yep. me your, you, your family was there as much as mine was yeah yeah well and I don't think that ever changed from that point I mean I, I I don't remember like we talked about I don't remember time not being in your life ever you know you <laughs> I, I still drive by the spot every day and, and and very rarely do I not think about it and it's crazy to say that, but it's true uh, that that I don't that it doesn't pass my mind and think how things could have changed and and how when I look at like my daughter and my son going, it ain't guaranteed. It no, it's it's not. And you know what? You're talking about little town, man. It's it it's got its advantages and disadvantages. But the wonderful thing is, it's so tight. You know, like I love this podcast because I learn more about Andy. And Ron and those two podcasts. Then I did singing with them for ten years. Yeah, you know what? And uh, that's just cool. 
It's cool, man. That's it, cool. It, it's funny to think that we 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 tend to you, you get in your little bubble yeah. uh, of what you what you think you know and what you really know and and what you allow yourself to to question and things like that. And then you then you hear these stories and and these histories and you you know, man, everybody was a baby at some point. We've all lived these lives that 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 a lot of times we're just quiet about. And everybody's got a cool story. There are so many cool stories, even in this little bitty town that that a lot of people don't get outside of. There's some really interesting and neat people. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, we've had five. This will be the fifth episode. We've had you. We've had Ron. And we, like you said, we've learned more in this little bit. Andy, Butch, Andy, whatever. I didn't know his name was Butch oh, my, until the, Andy, my dad's favorite musician. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't even been on yet. We've yes, talked about him five yet. episodes. Right. Well, you so know why? He's made, it, he's made an appearance in every, every all episode. five. <laughs> so, so Uncle Butch hasn't been on because he spends the winter in Florida. He's smart. So, so we'll we'll have him on. You know, he'll uh, he'll definitely be on, and he'll have some great stories because he's had a he he pursued music hard. Yeah, he went after it hard for a lot of years, and he grinded through a lot of things, and uh, you know, had had what a lot of people would consider big success, but never yeah. just boomed. You know, and he, he never uh, he'll talk he, about that. Yeah, I think that so never where he can make it a living. Well, the only point when you get to a big, a big enough success when you can relax and not have to worry about where that next paycheck's coming from as a musician or as a person in general. I think, but I, I think that's the biggest struggle as a musician is you're always you're always hustling, and just like if you were, you know, uh, selling you know, there's cars. A, it's a hustle. There's a flip side to that, though, man. You know, I didn't, I don't feel like I became the best musician I could be until I stopped that. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe you just have to not care. <laughs> you <laughs> well, know? I mean, really, just like throw caution to the wind and just say, man, I'm just going to play my ass off and be as good as I can and then w- let the cards fall where they may. It's kind of like uh, when you don't worry about, is this good enough? Is this professional? Is this blah? But you just enjoy it. You enjoy the process. You have fun. You relax and, and go, I'm doing it for the right reasons because I love it. I'm doing it with the people I love to do it with. And who gives a shit? Who cares what it sounds like? If I love it, that's what matters. Because a lot of times that's when you get your best stuff. That's when you be, when you can actually relax and take that deep breath and breathe out is when you get to play that, that riff that you've been struggling to try yeah. to get for the yeah. last two hours that you could just, you know... Uh, when you're when you're struggling with something and you put it down, walk away, and then four hours later come back and you play you the got very it, first yeah. time perfect, you're like, "What yeah. just happened? I didn't do anything. I yeah. just relaxed. I, yeah. I allowed myself to get out of my way and, and stop worrying about it." And I mean, it's just weird how that stuff happens. So, Toy, you talked about the uh, you know you talked about the emotion into writing Lois' song. Did you feel any of that tonight when you were singing it? I did. Did you? I did. <laughs> okay. I, did. I felt a lot of bourbon too. <laughs> Hey, that, I felt that and bourbon, those two things. The last take, I saw the hands kind of going out to the side, the eyes closed. I was like, oh, hell, we're getting there now. Yeah, <laughs> Did you see it? Oh, yeah, that's when he was laying down that four-part harmony, man, which uh, I can't wait to doctor that up a little bit, Blake, because it sounded good on the raw version. Yeah, You're all dog. I did. I did. You know what, though, man? Doing that with friends the uh, first time I cut that was just that V played the drums on there, and that was the only... That was the only person that, that, you know, helped me on that track and everything else was just dubbed over. And, All right. Uh, so, Toy, we knew you had to be 
on this podcast because you were talked about so much on this podcast. You know who that's happened with now. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Butch. Uncle Butch. Uncle Butch. And V. Oh, and V. Which one yeah. of you guys are going to contact V and get him on this podcast? Let's both. Let's both. I'll send him a message. I'll send him a message for sure. Yeah. So, you know, he's a, he's another one that's come up a lot, and I bet he's got a lot of uh, interesting stories he's to tell. Got some yeah. Good ones. I'd love to pick and his brain on that. If there's any about uh, me, they might require some heavy editing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, we're not editing. We'll just leave it. No, we're editing. Shh. Say whatever you want to be. Yeah, that's all right. Just... All right, nah, fellas. So I think cool it's time to. Do. I think it's time to wrap this up, man. It's I've a fourteen-hour uh, podcast. Had a good time with you guys tonight, and we've had a uh, man. I, you know, I don't know what we've got down on this recording because we started the podcast, then we started recording, then we started the podcast, then we started recording. Then we started the podcast, and we started the podcast, and we started the podcast, and we started the podcast. <laughs> I must, I must, so I'm, I want to say one last thing before we end. Okay. V. This, this message is the V Greenio, Vincent Greenio. Vincent. We want you on this podcast, ASAP. You're going to have to make a trip to Louisville. I got your room here when you get here. Where does V live? Uh, he lives in Lexington. Oh, well, hell. Oh, yeah. It's not like he's not very far at all. Yeah. Uh, we'll feed him some bourbon. He yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we need to tell him to listen to the podcast so he can kind of get a feel and, uh, yeah, we'll have him on. Yeah. And we'll figure out this uh, this radio station thing in the meantime. Listen, be real quiet so we can hear it. It's like flying. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> <laughs> that is Man, crazy. Are you going to be able to edit that out? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> tell you right now no. <laughs> alright guys man it's been great right, y'all had a good great week. time thanks for having me on here yeah, guys. I had a great time guys love you guys love right, we're going to cut out with the finished version slightly mastered of Lois Song here it is Myself, am I to blame for a love that has grown cold? Is this the story that will be told? Then the thoughts run through my mind of things I did not say. Just when I thought you were 
With all my 